The following program was produced by a community producer. Hello and welcome to More Than 02148. I'm Ed Lucy, your host, and my guest is Robert Knox, who is a director of the Malden DPW. Thanks for having me, Ed. I appreciate it, and I look forward to my uh, yearly or bi-yearly coming down here and talking what's going on in Malden with you. More likely semi-annually. Well, hey, <laughs> I'm available when you need me. <laughs> Before we get into the heady uh, discussion about the Malden DPW, uh, I would just like to extend my congratulations and my and best wishes for the st the graduates of the high school in Malden, which had their formal graduation very recently, and obviously the beyond Malden High School, we have students that graduated from Malden Catholic, now both male and female, and they've right. we have graduates from the um, well, regional vocational school has a large number of Marlin students that attend there, and of course the charter school, and beyond that there are other schools that attend the private schools. But all of those youngsters um, are feeling very happy this week, and uh, having parties I think before and after the, uh, the 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 event. But beyond that, the challenges ahead of them include going to further educational institutions, and then. Some going directly into the work mark, work field, and uh, some doing one or the other together. So uh, they're the hope of the future, and, and let's that's hope it. that that works out for them as well as it, it did while well until they graduate. That's it. Yeah, and and this is the last week for the regular Malden public. Friday is the last day for uh, school, so the regular the regular summer session will come starting uh, Friday at eleven o'clock. Malden public's closed. Last day. And that's a half a day. Half a day, yeah, they get out at 11. Do they still have move up day? I don't know if they do that. They changed so much over the years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My daughter's already out. She was, she's going to be a sophomore at MC, and the girls, and my son's at Linden School, and now uh, he's looking forward to Friday, his half day Friday. Oh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, <coughs> yeah, so he's in the middle school? He's at Linden School. He's sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so going into the sixth Going into seventh next year. Oh, okay. So he'll be in the middle school then. Yeah. 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 yeah um, Gee, your daughter just got underway because they've only had co-educational at MC for what, two like years, five, three I, years? I think it's probably a little bit, maybe four or five. But oh, well, you're my, right, yeah. My, yeah, my daughter loves it over there. They, yeah. do a, they do a great job, Yeah, you know. I think it's a challenge for the boys because I, I've looked at some of the uh, postings that they have from the school, and I see well, the, the girls uh, um, are in a situation where sometimes they're, they're tough competition when you start looking for the highest-ranking student or you're looking for... Uh, People that achieve awards, uh, the the females are also there as well. Yeah, even some of the uh, the athletics, the, yeah. the the female hockey team. There's some good players oh. over there, and so they have no girls in the hockey team yet, right? Not on the boys team. They have their own girls team, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you know, when you think about it, they had two uh, two. Actually, I used to have three three Catholic high schools in Malden: the Chevres, uh, Pope John, and MC, well, now, which is fairly new. And um, now they're down to MC. And, yeah. and, and I saw an announcement a short time ago. I think Matinaw, which has a a very long history. I think history. they're closing. Yes, Matinaw's closing. They, yeah. Pope John closed. Right? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, 
It's always disappointing if someone who's uh, worked their way through the school system and get to the senior year and they which they would like to be part of the graduating class and they find out that yeah. uh, although in some instances the, there's official announcement ahead of time, although as a practical matter, usually they close because of lack of enrollment or the budget issues, and so they don't want to tell people too far ahead. They'll tr they'll drop out before the <laughs> school closes. They won't get that revenue. It but all comes down to the to yeah. the mighty dollar. Yeah, it's follow the Benjamins. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, uh, having mentioned something uh, about the, the closing of school, now you get to June. The the kids are out of school though. They have still have the programs in the school in the in the parks out they during the summer months weeks. Yeah, they still do. I, I think they still do park instructors. But the mayor's summer youth program. I was talking to the mayor this morning. I think they hired like three hundred and fifty kids for the mayor's summer youth program, doing different things, working at the schools and working in the parks, and so that that's pretty pretty good for the kids. Gives them something to do and make a few dollars on their own. You know, keep keep them busy. Yeah, one time, uh, and you, know, you can't always go back in history and say, oh, that's the way the t things used to be. Uh, with, with the parks, they had instructors at all the parks in the summertime, and you had organized programs like baseball teams, you and you'd have them travel within the parks and be competitive with the Linden Park and other parks within the s school city. So, uh, And it was obviously um, structures for ages, so they were in the same age competing against each other. Yeah, and um, that was just one program, but they also had other programs they did with the, uh, uh, like a camp thing where you where you learn how to do stuff with uh, uh, I don't know arts and crafts. Yeah, and arts and crafts. That's what I'm thinking. When about. I was when I was young, growing up here, I I was I went to Amherst Park. Yeah, and they had the park instructors. They called them, like you said. And we used to play baseball against Forestdale group, Deva group, and you'd go around. And, and I still remember the, the two park instructors that we had when I was a young guy. Both uh, long-time Marlin people. The Robbie Santo was one. Oh, the landscaper? The landscaper. He was one of the park instructors. And Karen Bogan. Joe, oh, Joe cool. Bogan, uh, yeah, Karen oh. Bogan, she was uh, another one. They were the two park yeah. instructors at at Amherst Park, and uh, like I said, they used to run. That, that was a pretty good program. I don't know that if now the participation would be the same, like with baseball, because things have changed. But we every park had their own team, and we used to play games all summer long. Yeah, well, since you mentioned that about the uh, baseball, um, it, it, at one time in in Malden, they had. Uh, Four different leagues, from that age group from ten to twelve, little league age. Yeah. Then they had um, in the minor league program for, right. for kids that maybe either were younger or ten and weren't quite ready to be playing at the ten Major. to twelve kids. And then um, then they went to even have peewees, which were really young, and you know, and, and I, I think in those at that level. The pitchers were the coaches. They, they, they you know, for the teams, yeah. they want to be hitting the kids in the baseball. But uh, four different leagues, and um, some parks were more competitive than others. But um, the last time I spoke to someone, um, there's now only one league. That's right. And um, so there's still a lot of kids in Marlin, but baseball isn't what the preference is now. It's, it's soccer, obviously, is a big competition. Yeah, soccer, and, lacrosse. And Yes, of course. And uh, In fact, sometimes in my walking around, I'll find uh, uh, lacrosse balls on the sidewalk that, that went out of the, rolled out of the park and yeah. no one went, thought about go getting them. But um, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a change of time where... It, it, the, uh, the use of the parks during the summer, unless it's organized, you don't. There's not much going on. No, that's it. Yeah, and, and baseball, like you said, there was the uh, National League, the American League, the Central, Central and the Northern. Right. Yeah. And each team had plenty of kids, major, minor. Right now in Malvern, I believe they're down to just four teams. Correct. In the uh, what would have been the central. I don't know what they call it now. Right. Four team, four major league teams for ten to twelve year old kids right, right. in the whole city. So yeah. times have definitely changed, and the activities they do have changed. But they say there's not enough room for soccer. That so the soccer's big. So 
I guess it's just uh, our culture and um, what kids are doing now is, you know, baseball's not as strong in Malden as it is. And I was talking to a friend of mine that lives in Melrose, and he says they have Melrose Little League. They have Melrose Little League, and they have the Melrose Incarnation League, and they got a, a lot of kids. So I guess it just all comes down to, uh, you know, where you're located. Well, that's interesting because I, I thought that issue with which, uh, youth baseball was consistent really uh, in, in not only in this area but all over that that you just don't have the, the numbers level of interest that you had before in baseball and that the result is well you, it's not only baseball because um, uh, hockey for instance the youth hockey program that they have which is not the school sponsored plan is that uh, you, you have multiple communities joined together for a hockey team and and the difference between obviously with baseball and uh, and Hockey is that baseball, there isn't a lot of cost to it for this family, whereas right. with hockey, it's expensive. Right, and right, yeah. Someone's going to be paying for it. Yeah, my son plays hockey year-round. Uh, he's a goalie, and we travel all over the all over the place. And it, it's, you know, I, on his team, I think he's the only kid from Malden. So, oh, just, so it's, it's not limited to Malden, yeah. Yeah, he, he plays for the Middlesex Islanders, and he has kids from Boxford. And, from and what age group is that? Uh, he's sixth grade, so he'll be 13 in August. Okay. So, uh, but th there's kids from all over. Yeah. His home rink is Merrimack College. <coughs> so, um, yeah, the numbers are for sports are not what they used to be no. for things like. They're, they're in playing video games. By the way, that hockey, I, if, if you have an 8 o'clock in the morning game or 7 o'clock in the morning, do they have a bus or do you, is the parents required? Uh, I, there hasn't been men, too many where we take a bus. we got to kind of get there. <laughs> There's sometimes where he'll have a 7 o'clock game, you know. Out, 7 a.m. Yeah, out in uh, Exeter, New Hampshire, where you're on the road at yeah. 5.30, quarter past 5 to to get there. Uh, on the other end, yeah. you might have a game at 8 o'clock at night in New Hampshire, you know, yeah. so it's, it's it varies. Yeah. Um, on the times and the ice availability, but the ice goes all day long. They on the weekends they're playing games one after another. Yeah, the um, DPW. Now, how, how many years now have you been involved with the, with with Malden as a as, as, as I know for the director and then as, as an employee as well over the years. As as an employee, September will be my thirtieth year completed. Thirtieth year. Yeah. yeah, and uh, as far as the director, I think it was two thousand. 10 yeah. maybe, or 2011, and I was the assistant yeah. before yeah. that. A long time. Yeah. Time goes by. I still remember, and I always tell the, the, the story when, when you asked me this. When I first got on, and you were the mayor, when they brought me up to meet the mayor, I was a 23-year-old kid and come up to the mayor's office to meet you, and, you know, so, uh, but that was 30 years ago. Time goes by. Well, well, it's good that you remember that because oh, that shows yeah. your mind is still focused. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time, time yeah. certainly does go by, and I see young kids, you know, coming in, police, fire, DPW, that are starting on. I said, you know, in a blink of an eye, it goes by. Yeah. Now, in terms of dealing with the public, what's the kind of thing is the most often complained, most frequent call you get as a city agency for something people are looking to get done? The, the most the most common one, I mean, there's all different. You hear all kinds of things, um, you know, requests. But I, I would say the most thing is re regarding trash. Yard waste pickup, my trash was missed, my recycling was missed, it, they didn't finish the route. Trash is a big part of the regular everyday. There's no avoiding it. That's probably the most calls that we get. And, and you know, we can usually turn those calls around and resolve them pretty quick. But that's probably the biggest the biggest calls we get. Um, but it goes from anything to trash, potholes, any anything that you could think of on the street, usually comes to the yeah. DPW. They they implemented a program a while back where they put covers on the on the uh, re recycle bins, all the trash bins. Yep, they changed the, to the totes with the covers. Yep. Yeah, and that was because of the. The, the the weather blow on the blowing the stuff around the street before the trash people picked it up. Yeah, uh, have you have you found that's been effective? I think it's definitely worked as far as being cleaner, and it also gives people the option if they don't want to buy the bags, they can purchase a sticker once a year, put the sticker on the barrel, 
and that way they, they don't have to go out and search for bags. They have them. They don't have this size where they are. So it, it all depends on you. It gives you an option on um, if you like the bag program and you put out a lot of trash and you want to buy the bags, you can still do that. Um, but it also gives you the convenience of only buying a sticker once a year if you want to go that route. So it gives you an option. I, and it also was, like I said, with the con to contain the materials and keep the animals and try to keep the streets cleaner because we're out there sweeping seven days a week anytime it's over freezing. Once you implemented that program with the, uh, with the sticker, yep. um, was there a significant fall off in the sale of bags? I would say that there probably is. I don't uh, see those numbers that, that get purchased at the stores for yeah. the bags. That goes right to the controls. But I would say just visually what I can see, that there's, there's a lot of homeowners that are now using the stickers in, instead of the bags. So I would say there probably was a good amount of drop-off of bags. Yeah, the, um, now, people that, um, when they implemented the program, the, when they gave out the stickers initially, was it for a year, and then they wouldn't re renew it? Or was it all, because it wasn't all... Cycle to fall due with the f a year from the time it was uh, set up, because I, I've been told by people that someone got January and some other months. It was prorated, I guess, because it was wasn't starting on January first. But then every January first, you need to get a new one if you want to be in it right. for the, for the year. So uh, it, it's prorated. Or if you come in and you're new to Malden and you move in in August, you obviously, they're not going to charge you for the whole thing. You'd pay a prorated fee, and then January yeah. 1st, it re-ups for the full it's, 75. Yeah. Do, do most, do um, you find that the people coming in, once they learn about the program, if they're not aware of it before they come here and physically move in the mall, sign up either, well, they obviously have to get the bags, otherwise the rubbish won't be picked up. Right, right. I, I think, like I said, depending on if it's a larger family that has multiple kids and they're going to generate a little bit more trash, you know, they may use the barrel with the uh, sticker um, and use bags as an overflow. It, it all depends on, the, on what the family wants to do. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, you can work it both ways. That's the beauty of it. So whatever works for you, you have, you have an option. Yeah, I... Um Walk sometimes the weather, if the weather's good in my neighborhood, and uh, sometimes see uh, the green bags, not the blue bags, but the ones you, you buy uh, for, to, for uh, like hefty bag. Yeah, and and uh, I, I would buy one day uh, a week or so ago, and someone must have moved out because there must have been a twenty of those bag, green bags sitting okay. on the sidewalk to pick up. I'm saying, well, the city's not going to pick them up. Right, right. Yeah, so we that uh, that does happen. Um, where someone moves out and leaves what we call a clean-out, per se. Um, and we tag it, and we deal with it accordingly, you know. So, um, But it does happen, and then you, so you do get the people that move in the city and have no idea of what the trash program is, and for the first few weeks, they'll, they'll call, say, my trash wasn't picked up, and then we explain the program to them on how it works. And usually those issues are resolved pretty, pretty fairly quickly, with people, because once this trash doesn't get picked up, they obviously are going to call. Well, the and rats they, will let them know anyway, right? Oh, yeah, that's always an issue. Always an issue. There's always an issue with that. Um, no matter where you go, Malden, Medford, it's you know, it's just an, it is what it is, you know. Now, the now for the people with the blue bag, uh, um, Stop and Shop has them. CVS, I think, has them. Yeah, Walgreens yeah. has them, and then there's a bunch of different. I call them Mar and Pa convenience oh, stores. Oh, they have them as well? Yeah, if you go online, it can give you a list of all the stores that carry them. I think Robinson's at one time in, in Linden had They them. did. I don't know if they still do. They yeah. did. The, I know the Linden convenience store carries them. There's a bunch of them that yeah. do, but uh, you know they don't make any money on those. That's part of the agreement. It right. gets them in the store to, you know, hopefully they'll buy their milk or their bread or whatever they got to right. get when they get the bags. But... Uh, they don't make any money on them. So whether what you pay for them, whether it's two bucks a bag at Robinson's or two bucks a bag buying them at Stop and Shop, it's the same thing. It's all thing. the same, yeah. Yeah. And actually, there's different sized bags. There's small, medium, large. I, I didn't realize that there's a. Yeah, there was an eight eight gallon that's a fifty cent bag, and then a uh, there's a little bigger one, a dollar. Then the thirty two gallon is uh, two dollars a bag. Yeah, it was three different sizes. 
Oh, so that so they're not all uh, um, the same price. They, they they're all they're, they're all different. So a, a sleeve of of the smaller ones, you know, would be five dollars. Where yeah. a, a sleeve of the regular bigger ones are thirty two or ten dollars. I see. Okay. But someone that lives alone and doesn't generate a lot of trash, maybe can get away with, yeah. you know, one of the smaller bags. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, it's all you know on what you, how you live and what what you have for people in the household and how much trash you generate yeah, and what yeah, you can what you yeah, can do yeah is is there any system available where you, uh, people would be that were new to mall and coming in would be uh, alerted to the system with the trash because not all communities have the same system and uh, I, w I was thinking that sometimes it would be that uh, if you if you own a single, uh, two or three, and there's investment property, or uh, even if you, you lived in the other apartment yourself, or a multi-unit, uh, you almost have to key in on people. Say, oh, by the way, if you on the rubbish, it's it's you have to buy the bags, or you have to buy the stick if you put the put right. the rubbish out. There there was I don't know if they still do it, but I know the mayor's office had a welcome to Malden package oh. that explained different things and including the trash and how that oh. works. So uh, when you go up and, and you register for your water bill and you do all that that business there, there used to be a welcome to Malden package out of the mayor's office. I'm not sure, you know, if they if they that still goes on. Yeah. But, um, so that that would be the. Uh the property owner would be alerted that way, if no other way. But the, the, someone moving in as a tenant would have to f either find out by having the the landlord not picked up. Or, or yeah, the, you know, or yeah, some, that or some neighbors say, "By the way, if you want to get the the trash system, you have to buy the bag to get a sticker." Yeah, or if you walk out the door and you see everybody got blue bags and your mm -hmm. trash not trash isn't picked up, you get some, the green bag. Something going on there. <laughs> Uh, would, now the barrels, when they first uh, they gave the barrels out when they first started, they, they they don't do that now, do they? No, but they're so right now they're so we 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 did something where they're so inexpensive to buy and to yeah. buy a second one. We're selling them for twenty dollars a piece. You yeah. can't you can't go to the uh, to the store and buy a barrel like but, that with a lid for twenty dollars. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we sell them for for twenty dollars a piece down at the DPW. You know, Monday through Friday. Yeah. If you need the trash or the recycling one, they're twenty dollars. Yeah. 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 And speaking of the DPW, uh, just a, a point of interest to the public, um, you there are occasions w for various reasons someone needs uh, to, to get rid of trash. Maybe it's they they're moving because of the, the the following day, but it's the day after the rubbish. They can get down to the DPW site and and drop it off there. Not trash. We're not a transfer station, so oh. we can't allow. We don't allow them to drop trash off there. They can drop off yard waste year round. They can drop off recycling year round, but not regular trash. Well, that would, that right. has to be if they did, if they missed the trash day, they would have to make arrangements with a hauler or take it to somewhere themselves. We don't have uh, trash drop off yeah. at the city yard. Well, now people that have uh, and again. Sometimes you're driving around the city, I see sofas. They say that's pretty good size. It's on the sidewalk. Whether the person hopes that someone can buy and take it, or they, they, it's going to be picked up by the the city on the on the, on the trash day. But there's there's some kind of a limit on the size that that you can leave out and expect the city, and it's limited only to one a day, one a trip. One, yeah, one bulk item per week. But so they'll take a sofa. Yeah. Um, you know, the, but they won't take a sofa and a love seat. If you have more than the exceeded limit, the one bulk item, they leave both. So um, you're allowed one per household. If you own a three-family house, you're allowed one for that household, uh, not one for each floor. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's one for one for each household. But um, so then the other one you leave at the neighbors. Well, I, that that <laughs> has happened. I mean, it's not what's supposed to be done, yeah, but it yeah, uh, yeah. but it certainly do, it has happened. Right. You know, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> 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 but uh, but you you mentioned earlier when when I asked you the biggest complaint would be the rubbish. And I can see there's not only there's some rules to follow, but more important than that is sometimes. If it's put out for whatever reason, I had, which has been a rarity, um, there was a car in the street and my, my barrel was behind the car, so the, the, the workers coming down the street didn't see the barrel, so they missed it. You know, not through any intent, but just because of the fact that yeah. the car blocked it. And um, I must say that I, I did call your department <laughs> and I did get quick response. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, hap it happens. We try to accommodate... Uh, 
you know, I'll request some you can respond to immediately, which trash is usually one of them that we can get cleaned up pretty pretty quickly, and uh, some take a little longer, like yeah. a sidewalk repair or something like that. So, uh, But everything that gets reported gets logged into C-ClickFix, and we use that for our reporting system. So I go in every morning. I'm usually there by 5.30, and I print out the potholes and the stumps and the tree work, and, and we organize it so that we are not going to, to fill a pothole on Adams Street and then go into uh, Davis Street, and then go into Charles Street. Why'd you pick Davis Street? I had, well, I know a guy that lives so, over there. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> and so do a few people. <laughs> but you, sh- uh, you shouldn't give your own address because uh, sometime uh, after five o'clock, someone will knock on your door. Th- that's happened. <laughs> I've uh, I've had definitely that happening before in the in the winter. You know, someone sees me coming home after being out for a lot of hours, and you know. Oh, can you clean up this over here, this side? I moved yeah. my car, and yeah. you, you know, you, the nature of the beast. Yeah, the um, one of the things that's been obvious, if you have any reason to be out in the mornings during the week, the traffic uh, in Malden. But it's, I should qualify that not only it's just traffic in general. My daughter lives in Wakefield, and she she complains because uh, she comes home from work at s- after seven in the morning, so she's. Not going to work, she's coming home, yeah. but she has to deal with driving from Everett through uh, to Wakefield. But uh, Eastern Avenue, Maplewood Street, yeah. uh, Medford Street in particular, um, we we I don't know whether we didn't notice it as much because of the coronavirus. There was a lot of people working remote, yeah, and so cars weren't on the street, and uh, because people weren't mo- traveling to work, they're working locally in their home, and uh, and yet. I don't think Marlins any different than other communities having the same issue. It's certainly true on the highways, so it's right. a, and it's, it feeds off the streets that come from Malden, but it's tough. There's more cars out there than uh, people want to want to realize, and yeah. especially that area of Eastern Ave and Maplewood. You know, you, you know, if you're going in the, on the, uh, if you're going at that time going to work or school, I mean, you have three schools. In a short stretch of area, yeah. with the Salemwood, Mystic Valley, and the Linden, all on so the main you, streets, all right there, with yeah. the, you know, a mile within a mile, less than a mile, uh, three in a row. So you got a lot of traffic coming in and out and drop offs, and so that you know, the, it it can be congested during COVID. Absolutely, it was less traffic. It was you could get around a little quicker, but hopefully now that the kids will be out in another few days, it will lighten up again for the summer. Yeah, the. Um and then on top of that, uh, is the the um, the city se- seems to be doing a lot of road work repairs. We have a lot of projects going on out there to do to do uh, streets over that need it. And um, a thing that a lot of people don't understand, you you know, you can see the top of the road that's not in good condition, but the approach that we take is we want to do it right and do the infrastructure. If it needs lead service lines replaced, or if the gas is bad, and no, so we, we look at what's under the ground uh, in order to then fix the street. So um, we meet every Monday morning with the mayor and the t- and uh, the team, and, and streets come on, come off, and we're constantly on with National Grid on trying to get ahead of the, them with their work. So there's a lot of effort and a lot of coordination that goes into putting these paving programs together. Um, we just this week finished paving 12 streets and the next set of set of streets will are already bidding out and you'll see more more work going on and we got uh, lead service lines we're mandated to do 150 replacements a year we supersede that every year last year I don't know if it was 280 or but we 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 do well more than we're required to do but uh, so it's it's pretty successful I mean you never they're going to have enough money to do everything all at once. So you're going to try to prioritize and group them in an area where you can get a multiple mobilization uh, and the biggest bang for your buck. Now, in terms of the streets, let's say you had a, a projects to do, which you got them all, all over the, the city. Um, do you do, well, well, we'll do one in each ward this, this, on this project, or do you have to... Say, no. what's the important ones in either Well, because you have to work around the traffic we, too. We, we, we try, we try to spread it out. Yeah, um, it's not even across the board. One year, maybe one ward gets 
a lot more than another one the next year. So we take we look at a thing called PCI, Pavement Condition Index, and uh, we see what the road is rating and what the condition is. And like I said, we do these meetings all year except for the, you know, uh, December, January, February. And we talk about things like the age of the pipe, how many lead service lines. And we try to work out so we can get the holistic approach of getting the road reconstructed and put back together. So, um, you know, it, it might be a year that Ward 1 might get three streets and Ward 8 might get eight streets. And the next year, it might go the opposite way. So it's just trying to address the worst first with that we can reach with, um, with also getting the infrastructure taken care of. Um, like I said, we just did, in the last three days, we paved 12 streets, different areas of the city, but... Um, Wad three got quite a bit on this particular one, but now on the next one, you know, it'll be there'll be someone else. You know, the, the uh, underneath the ground, as you, as you alluded to, um, the, the, there was a, a program that alerted the public uh, that was through the MRA at the time. Was that you had you had this the system in the ground that were literally a hundred years old, and then the, the, the determination was made that it that you had a time frame that you either had, had to uh, replace them. And there was some sort of a financing arrangement you can make through the MRA, or if you trade it, sold the property, it had to be done for the new owners. Are you still getting any surprises with people finding out that they're selling a house and they're ready to sit, pass yeah. papers and someone? Oh, by the way, you you never replaced the pipe. That that does happen. That goes through engineering, but yeah, that's still in effect yeah. where, um, you know, you have to. You can't sell the property if there's if there's lead. You have to either get it done or you have to put mo uh, money into a. Um, Escrow? Escrow for, uh, to get it done. So if it's like the heart of the winter oh, yeah. and you are selling the, the house, you'd have to set up an escrow account where in the, in the spring that you get it done. So that way there they have to be addressed. Um, but we've made great strides, a great pro progress on that and with, we, with different pools of money too. So through the MWRA, uh, the MRA, I'm sorry, they have Wayne Martineau that goes around and they have, low interest and they have no interest for uh, certain qualifications to get these lead service lines replaced and then we do in-house with our water uh, utilities department and then there's some through engineering so we we have all different pools and different ways of, of attacking this uh, issue of lead service lines so um you know, pretty pretty successful, and like I said, 150 is the minimum, but we always supersede that number. Yeah, the um, you, you've been director how many years? I think it's been 11. Yeah, 30 well, years in all, but 11 well, years. Well, I was just going to say you can't maybe re you can remember the date that started, but maybe not. That, but do you recall approximately how many people worked in the DPW at the time you started? When I started 30 years ago, we had probably close to 100 guys. And, and you're down to 30? Uh, 30, 37. Yeah. Yeah. How is that? Uh, it's a city uh, built a lot of houses since then. And, and uh, how do you do the same level of quality of, of, that you did before? Because I can recall getting back to, we talked earlier about f baseball programs. At the various parks, they'd have someone that was there full time, j just yeah. the one park. And so, uh, what do you? <coughs> how do you do? How do you do as well as you do? Do with a lot less people. Uh, as someone said to you me, you got robots. They all. No it's a combination of, of, like I said, good staff. Um, you have to use obviously some things. You have to use outside vendors to uh, supplement as as you need. But uh, overall, I get some really good employees that have been there for a long time, and. Um, Organization, you know, like I tell people years ago when I came, you bid on a crew, and if you were an asphalt guy, you were on, that's all you did. Whether it was doing asphalt sidewalks, pothole repairs, you were on that crew. Now it's not like that where we go by the needs of the department. So if, um, let's just say that there's multiple water leaks, well, you might, excuse me, you might be doing a water leak in the morning, digging it, working on that, and then the afternoon, could be working on cutting grass in a park. So we move guys around, uh, move staff around. It's not all guys anymore. We, so we move staff around as needed and what the, what the uh, demands of the city are. So um, 
it's organization. You got to keep track, and that C-Click system does help us with doing that on uh, prioritizing repairs that need to be done. Yeah. I uh, I don't want to compare it to the post office in any way because it really isn't the same kind of a job. But it always amazes me how difficult it is for the post office to retain their employees because uh, talking to uh, people in not only Malden but over in other communities that the mail delivery is impacted quite often by the lack of people yeah. to do the routes. Yeah. And so when you, and I've mentioned on the show before, to my mind, for someone um, who likes the outdoors and has got healthy enough, to, uh, whether male or female, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a job that easily you could earn $50,000 a year, which isn't a rich level of salary or pay, but it's a, it's a livable income. And, and yet I see it in my own neighborhood. You have someone that shows up, and then you don't know whether they bit off the route or whether they quit, but I get the impression the turnover is high with the post office. When you hire people, do you find that pretty much they stay for a long time, if not forever? Uh, it, it's not like it was years ago. Years ago, when you got on the city, I remember my father saying to me, you know, it's a great job. You'll be there forever. You go to work, you'll make some advancement. You can make some overtime. You're not going to get rich, but it's going to be a steady paycheck. I think now people come in and they get some training and some knowledge and get their license and their CDL and their backhoe. And they, uh, you know, if they're young and aggressive enough, they'll look to go on to something like National Grid or a contractor. Um, if you're a good worker, there's a lot of money to be made out there, and no city in town can keep up with the demand of the pay yeah. of some of these outside um, companies' pay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's some good guys that come here and are here forever and happy with what they do, and then a lot of times I find now that some will come for a short period of time, get some training, and then move on. So you're constantly fill, backfilling. Where, where years ago it was difficult to get into a city position. Right. And now it, it, there's always vacancies uh. where, you know, someone's moved on, someone's retired, someone went to work for National Grid or whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I, I have some that are there 25 years too. So it's a, it's a combination of. Uh, but but that uh, the, uh, uh, some of them that you refer to that get the training and use that as a, a means or a springboard to do something in the private sector. Right. Uh, do you find out some of the employees aren't as dependable as they used to be, that uh, they come in and they say, oh, gee, this is what I thought it was. Maybe it's raining and you have to work outdoors. Or uh, You get some of that where people think, you know, years ago you had a lot of employees in a city job and, and what the demands were, even though you had a lot of employees, were different. Now, you know, you're required and there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and not a lot of staff to do it. So you're... You're constantly moving and doing things. Uh, so some people, uh, you know, like that and like the opportunity to earn extra money. I have some employees that anytime that you need them, they're there. And then I have other ones that come in and, and they don't want to work a stitch of overtime because they're just happy for whatever. They live at home. They don't care. They, they you know, they'll come in and do their regular shift and... Unless you really need them for a storm, they don't want to work Saturday or Sunday or nights, you know? Well, yeah, you, you mentioned that. Uh, it seems to me years ago, uh, in fairness to the people that work for the, well, it could apply to other industries as well, if you work for the, like in a DPW position, that you're hoping for a few snowstorms because that's the way you, you pay for your Christmas <laughs> expenses. Yeah. And uh, so. You know, it's a it's a twofold thing. It's nice to have snow on the ground if you're skiing, but if you if you're delivering mail, maybe that's not as quite as uh, attractive. I'll tell you, you, you hit the nail on the head with the mail though. My nephew's a mailman in Malden, and they get forced to work overtime because they don't have enough uh, carriers to handle to handle the the load. So he he's been on two or three years, and he's making good money, but he's he's working I don't know fifteen twenty hours overtime. 60-hour weeks because they, you know, I know at my house, my mailman's been out on disability and he's getting ready to retire. I, I don't have a steady mailman. And there's times where I won't get mail for days and then I'll get a, a box full. So, yeah. you, you know, you know, it's, it's not a steady delivery, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I've had that experience as well. In fact, uh, I used to, I think what they do is that they, uh, nothing to do with the DPW. But when they have a, an open roof for someone that didn't come into work, 
they take two people at the end of the day, which is four o'clock ending, and they split a route, and they get four hours overtime, and they yeah. you do that two a couple of two or three times a week. At the, uh, that pretty much puffs up your your uh, check yeah. pretty good. And and like I said, I'm, and I know they they're having problems because they're constantly advertising for uh, uh, for help, Stand. and they send you postcards in the mail, and they got to yeah. sign outside the post office. And now I notice uh, with the post office where. It wasn't that long ago that invariably when you went in, there was mostly a male group that was clerking behind the counter dealing with the public. And uh, now on the routes, there there were females more often than than not. And uh, at the the post office itself, there's uh, female clerks and the Asians people and there's other women there and there's not as many males. And uh, I think maybe for... For the reasons that the women realize that uh, you know it's a pretty good paying job, and yeah. at least maybe with a clerk you went, you went home at four o'clock because you didn't have to cover for anybody. So that was another thing. But anyway, so maybe um, it's true that even in the DPW mall, you know, do you have to be a resident mall to be hired? No. Oh no, some city and towns have that for like the police and fire. We. We uh, just look for the best qualified with the with the licenses, and uh, you could live. You know, yeah. preferably we'd like you to be a little closer, but it wouldn't affect on whether we'd hire you yeah. or not. I have some people that live in New Hampshire an hour away, so. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, because I was thinking that the, the local people would be another uh, fact a plus because they would be conscious of their neighbors not getting services, whether it's they, they put the DB Deborah or some other, so they'd feel more. Motivated to see you help, help them out. I, yeah. I I do feel so I'm a, I'm a big supporter. I do feel, and I've lived in Malvern my whole life, that if you live here and you're invested here, you know, it's a little different than working nine to five and then going to Tuxbury and you know, so you're only here for a job. <laughs> yeah, you're only here for for a job. Yeah. I I walk out my door and there's other there's other staff that I have that work live in the city as well, but. You're kind of always a representative of the city. You can go to the store to get a gallon of milk, and someone will stop you and say, "When was my yard way supposed to be picked?" So you're always, if you live here and you work here, and that's what, you know, you're always on, uh, on the uh, city clock. That was the reason a lot of teachers didn't live in the city where they taught. I yeah, I know, <laughs> I I know, uh, I know some some people that have had jobs here and, and moved out because. You know, it, it, it's really never your time. You know, yeah. it is, it, I've gone, when I was dating my wife, I, I said to her in the beginning, I you know, back a long time ago, but I said, when we go out to eat in Malden, I said, you know, people people are going to come over. And, and after, I remember being in Malden Square, the place called Massimo's. Do you remember when Massimo's was here, the Italian restaurant? They went then moved to Wakefield. But we were at Massimo's one night in the square, right in the square here, a couple doors down from here. And was sitting there, and that's from Reed's restaurant. Marie and her husband, Massimo. I forget. It's Massimo was the owner, and the wife's oh. name is Nancy. Oh. But it was a couple doors, a couple doors down. But Italian restaurant, and uh, was was sitting there one of the first nights we went we went out, and someone came in and come over and said, "Hey, Bob, I you know I can I get my tree trimmed?" And then someone else goes, "She's like." Geez, you were right. When you go out in Malden, you need to bring a notebook with you because they come right over to your table, and it doesn't matter. So, and that's the thing about living in the city, too. You know what I mean? So, um, you know. Do you find that most people, uh, even if they're sometimes um, unaware of the rules, uh, are pretty uh, consistent about trying to recycle uh, rather than uh, throw in the throw in the uh, recycle with the with the rubbish, uh, I would say it's it's all uh, depends on the person. Yeah. Some people, you know, if they're not that concerned about it, but then there's others that will recycle recycle everything. So uh, it 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 varies. It depends really on the person. Yeah, because I I would almost think that if you did the plastic, excuse me, if you did the if you did this uh, the permit. Yep. Um, and you weren't really thinking about uh, recycling versus not recycling. The tendency you generate you get rid more of it trash. all because yep. that way there you don't have to bother with the bags. You don't have to make a decision. You just throw it all in, and some of it should not be in the rubbish. It's definitely l- less expensive to you to recycle. Now, some people, you know, that's very important to, and others are like, I get a barrel, I pay seventy-five bucks if you know. 
I'm going to fill the barrel, and so what if I throw away a couple of cans of Coke? Um, and other people, you'll see that will wash out the jars, and you'll see a nice, clean, good recycling, you know, a couple of barrels full. So it, 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 it's all subjective to depending on the family and what they do. I'm sometimes confused what is uh, eligible and what isn't in terms of the recycling. Yep. Um, like, um, obviously, sometimes if you've got a pizza, it, 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 there's a tendency for part of that pizza to end up on the, on the, and if it's to go, which is often, if you do that type, that there's pasta or the, there's something stuck Oil, Oils, yeah, then yeah. that's not recycled. It's, right. That's dirty. That's right. trash. Right. But clean, clean materials, clean papers and cardboard and things like that would be. But if it's uh, soiled by any grease or pepperoni or anything, that wouldn't yeah. be, you and, know. And, and plastic, um, you have plastic wrapping sometimes around something you buy, but that that's not recyclable, right? No, because that gets caught up in the uh, in greenworks. That you know, we don't take bags and we don't take that like plastic wrap stuff because when they process it, there's no value in it. and It gets caught and binds up their machine yeah. uh, up there. So there's a whole different thing. You can go online and look, but plastic's one to seven, and it explains what is and what isn't. So if you go buy a salad and you wash out the container, that's that's recyclable. You have a bottle of water, that's recyclable, you know. So, uh, But it's all it's all on the city webpage, and you can, if you have a question on a specific thing, there's a waste wizard where you can say, uh, how do I get rid of, you know, X, Y, Z, and it will, you pop it in and it will formulate and tell you how to dispose of it, whether it's trash, whether it's recyclable. So uh, it's a pretty good system you could sign up for on the city website. And the, and the city itself, they don't sort that out if it's not done properly. They just go to the waste company and... If it's, yeah, if it's not properly uh, sorted after they send it up to Greenworks and, and sort it, if it's something that's really contaminated, it would end up being trash. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, we hope for the best and we educate. We have a, an employee out there that leaves literature and material for people and answers questions and... Uh, Hopefully, more do the right thing than than, than don't. Yeah, do you have um, a sense of, from your own experience in terms of the the amount of recycling? Because the city's costs are premised on how much they have to take to the landfill. Is that is that increasing other than maybe by cost of living or a formula on your contract? Uh, the recycling, whether we whether we do five thousand tons or five five tons, it doesn't cost us because that's all part of the contract that was negotiated with Mayor Howard, that, that the hauler owns the recycling. And in lieu of that, we got a reduced cost to our contract. So That's a plus, I would think. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. So we want them to recycle more and have less trash going to, to the yeah. landfill. But whether it's really good or really bad or the market's good or bad, they own it once it hits the curb. So, excuse me, so, um, you know, that, that was a pretty good part of the contract that... Uh, Mayor Howard negotiated that contract where, uh, you know, where most city and towns are paying. Right. And uh, whether the market for recycling is good or bad, the hauler owns it. Yeah. I. Um, the other thing I was thinking of was that they, uh, it, there's more options for people that they don't they get confused by what what on the surface things appears to be recycled like that wrapping. Yeah. It isn't. So therefore, you you have to kind of make sure you know what you're. Throwing in one bin versus another one. We'll educate you. We'll let yeah, you know yeah, if it's yeah. not. If you notice that something hasn't been picked up at the curb, and you don't know why, you can always call us, and uh, we'll we'll go send someone to check it and see what the yeah, violation yeah. was, and figure out how we can help you resolve it. Yeah. Now, um, landscaping the city property. Um, do you have outside sources? Sometimes you utilize. We have a contract for beautification that they do the a lot of the uh, islands, like the islands on Route 60 and the different squares, but we do a lot in-house too. So we, we uh, the last month, we've planted DPW. We've planted 70 new trees uh, before Memorial Day and those couple of weeks you probably noticed flowers planted around the city, the corner of like Willow Street and Easton, 
uh, by the skate park. Right in the I saw that right, right, when they were there. That, yeah. that, was, that, was, that was a city? Yeah, that was uh, DPW staff. Yeah. We did uh, Maplewood Square. We did uh, Main Street at Pleasant, all the flower boxes there. Yeah. Uh, Oak Grove Square. We do, we do a lot with, the, with that beautification in-house as well as a subcontractor. Yeah, because I, I've noticed, you mentioned that skate park. I saw that being done, and then I saw it was somewhere else, and I said, gee, those people... I think are not city workers, and then it turns out you're right. So yeah. you do both. Yeah, we do both. We do, we do both. We take yeah. on some of the uh, locations and the areas at the different squares, and then the contractor yeah. does, um, you know, cutting and fertilizing and flowers on a lot of the, a lot of the islands on like Route 60 and the main drags and stuff. Yeah. But a lot of the different squares we we handle in house. Yeah. Yeah, now, someone came around recently in the street where I live, and they, they chalked the street with a white line. A paint? It, well, it could be. Yeah, white white normally indicates dig-safe marks, where somebody's marking out to have the underground utilities identified, whether it could be for something as simple as planting a tree, or it could be for a road reconstruction or uh, putting in a driveway. or There's many different reasons why, but any time that you dig, you have to you know, call in to dig safe to have the utilities marked out. We don't find out about it until the, until the project comes to us requesting a permit. So you could go out and have a contractor mark out you know, for a new driveway for you, but then you'd have to go through the uh, city for approval and a permit through us. But, so, yeah, that's probably what you saw. So that would be the that would be a utility probably doing that rather than the city. It could be a utility, could be a private contractor. We do it too. Because there was several, uh, it was like uh, several on a road in, in, on one side of the street. Yeah, anyone that's proposing to dig has to mark out for dig safe, and then they'll come out and mark the water, the sewer, the gas, the electric, yeah. communications, and then you can see. You know, sometimes we, you know, we just had it we, with all that tree planting where. We see a good spot where there's no wires above, and we mark it out for dig safe to plant a tree, and then it comes back that there's gas running right through this, so you can't pick that location. So anytime you have to excavate us the law, you have to call dig safe. Yeah. Although that's not going to happen, I don't think, in this coming week, but in the winter now, uh, with, with so few people, isn't it pretty much of a challenge when you have to... Have a, a particularly if you get a couple of storms in a row. Very challenging. Winter can be very challenging. Knock on wood, we've been pretty fortunate. We haven't really had a bad winter since that 2015 disaster of a winter, the worst one in all my years here. But yes, even with with staffing and the availability of contractors are a lot less than it was years ago. So um, people have to be more patient, and we're out there working it the best we can. But we utilize every bit of resource that we can have. I mean, um, whether it's DPW staff, and even when there's a bad enough storm, you know, I've tapped into using some other departments where we've we've had storms where we've had, you know, the building inspector plowing snow and public facilities and utilizing that staff to plow streets because we, you know, we just don't have enough contractors if it's a big enough storm or a back-to-back. -back. That's really when it gets to be difficult because then you deal with fatigue and and not enough staff uh, even privates you know it's I thought I shut this off it's, it's somebody's right. calling you on the hotline it's a spam call oh you get those yeah I get them I don't <laughs> answer them though well so you got less people, but you got to do the same amount of work, and you, yeah. and, you and you have to. The, now, does the city uh, affiliate itself with a, with uh, with one of those companies that projects us the weather, uh, so, so that you so you're told in advance this, this looks like a storm coming next Tuesday. So everybody uses something different. Uh, how I do it here and been doing it this way for a long time is we have a weather service. It gives me 24-hour access directly with meteorologists where they respond to me within 10 minutes. So if I have a question of timing and this and that. Um, but as we know, weather's not perfect. The guys that are on TV getting paid to do it, nothing's, nothing's perfect with the weather and when it happens. But we do get pretty good information. I utilize different my system that I have, which is called Weather Sentry. Um, that we pay for, and I take all the weather reports, and there's a lot that goes into determining 
what the best route of um, for a storm is by timing and temperatures and what's to follow and what's the what day of the week it is it's not just it's going to snow and we got to have every, there's a lot that goes into it so weather yeah we do i do utilize different places but i have one particularly that i get a lot of information the uh, the park maintenance but again that's your responsibility as well it, it, it and, and you do have club sports and you do have a school sports so you're, yeah. you're really doing a lot as or as much as you used to do, maybe or more, because of the types of programs that are currently being utilized in the parks. But they're organized for it, school programs. Yeah, we, 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 you know, we get the schedules, and we line for all the high school sports that need to be lined for, for softball and, you know, whatever events there are there, and maintaining tennis courts and tennis nets and everything else that we, uh, that we do. So, um, yeah, we're in charge of all that. Yeah. Um, Get back quickly, maybe to the um, one of the toughest streets I think in Mall that I've been on. Well, two of them. Part of Lebanon Street's not that good to drive on. Yeah. But, but you know, and then uh, part of it probably has to do with the heavy usage and over time that wears on the street too. But Medford Street, going from Maine towards uh, the Feldsway, it's it's jammed up in traffic. So how would you take to be able to re reconvene this, uh, uh, reconfigurate this, the the uh, the street so they could even do the street because that's such a busy street. That's getting done. Medford Street's getting done from Main Street. Medford Street from Main Street to at least Canal, but the mayor's considering stretching it further. That's but, this coming up in the summer? This year, yeah. yeah. This but, year or this summer? This summer. Oh, well, I think the... Summer, fall, well, yeah. yeah. The, the residents were going to glad to hear that. So this is a... It's a, That's definitely a, a news we, flash. We see it. There was... There was I don't know, twenty something lead service lines that they did over there, and gas company had to do their thing. They're still finishing up now at the intersection of Canal and Medford. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it, but we know that's that's high on our priority list. Um, very highly traveled road, and it, it I can't wait to get that one done. Yeah, but uh, as a park, Pine Banks is not the responsibility of the city of Melrose or Malden, right? Pine Banks has their own. Well, they pay for it, but they. they they yeah. have their own crew. They have their own crew that's dedicated just to in between those fences. Right. Uh, it's shared cost through Melrose and Malden, but not uh, anything that we maintain on a regular basis. We'll yeah. assist if they need something, you know, but pretty much they have their own staff that stays on that property. Yeah. Uh, just as a quick st story, I was in the Bobby C's restaurant, which is right across from Pine Banks, and one of the staff people whom I know, she was saying that we, we there were some logs on the on Main Street, uh, that, and that's that's a, has a, a steep sleep, uh, uh, slope. Yeah, slope. And, and she was concerned that it might roll off in a heavy rain and maybe come down on someone. And she, had, I forget now who she had called. And I, I said, that, well, I said they've got the, they've got an uh, independent board, but I said uh, it's, it's that's the Melrose side of the. The, right. the park, I said, call the mayor's office. <laughs> right, right. And I thought afterwards, as I drove, and I was thinking about it afterwards, I said, gee, the, 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 the mayor's probably going to say, we're, we're not responsible for that. But the, the bottom line is that I forgot to find out why or who she called. I went by the other day and I saw the logs had already been cut up and there they were, they were, they're stumps now. Yeah. So, yeah, so I said, they, so obviously, whoever she did call it, it worked work out. It done. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's shared efforts up there, like I yeah. said depending if it's on the Melrose side, the Marlin side, and sometimes we go a little into their side to help out if it's something dangerous. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got calls of actually a tree that fell down off of that slope by where they do the Santa Claus. Now, it's really the responsibility of the Pine Bank staff, but they don't have a tree crew. So we've we've uh, sent guys up there to uh, assist when yeah. needed, you know? Yeah. Well, um, we coming towards the close and I appreciate you coming in today and I My think pleasure. a lot of the things we talked about are maybe a, the kinds of things that people try to uh, focus on their own mind where to call and what to do if they have a reason to, to do it and I hope they don't go to Davis Street to chase you down well hey we're there we're there we're here for uh, <laughs> we're here for our residents very easy to find and uh, yeah. you know in, in, for the most part enjoy doing what we do you know well, it sounds a little bit like they, they, they give credit to the police in 5B 24-7. It may very well be that you, the DPW and Marlin can qualify for the same, the same title. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm on 24-7. Any of the emergency calls that come in, you know, year-round go to my phone. So uh, I, I dissect what needs to be addressed immediately and what doesn't. And I just found it's a lot of work, but that's the way that we're most successful with uh, getting the work done that needs to be done. Not everything's an emergency, but some things really are. And years ago, before I became the director, the calls would go to an answer machine and someone would sh have to check the messages. But... That didn't seem like it, it was a system that was working for me. So one of the big things that I pride the department on is uh, accountability and being able to be, uh, you know, in communication with the, with the public. And now with all the social media and everything else, I get messages through everything. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm going to kiddingly see at the end. We ran out of time. Oh, we were done. Uh, yeah.